Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Them podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And today we have an interview with Martha Carr. Yes. So it was really good interview. We mm-hmm. talked about a lot of different things. We She's run some literary universes, so we get into that. And then we also talked about um, defining success and um, contentment and lots of really good stuff. Yeah, all stuff I I love. And I love Martha. She's fun and always fun to talk to her. So what's been going on with you this week, Sarah? Uh, Well, let's see. I finished a draft of one of my books. So I was really happy, even though all this craziness is going on in the world. I, I work best from home. So since I'm home all the time it's actually been uh, good for me. And I'm glad I'm near the end because that helps me get, you know, it's easier at the end for me than the beginning. So, so I had that going on. And then um, I also uh, found out today that um, some sessions I put together for SPF, they have the um, self-publishing 101 course. Uh, There's a little section in there now that I recorded for them on English spark. So that's so fun. Yeah, so that'll be, we'll put a link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to go check that out. But if you already have SPF 101, it's in the tech vault. You can just go in there and find it. And it's all about how to do print books and how to get your books in libraries and kind of walks you through everything. So uh, it's so good because Ingram Spark, while wonderful, can be a little tricky sometimes. So. Yes, there's a lot of variables there and there's a lot of um, decisions you have to make about how you want to approach it. So we talk through all that. So hopefully that'll be really helpful. And just to kind of add another endorsement to 101, uh, the self-publishing formula 101, um, that's a great course. I I did that course before uh, I published. There were some modules that really, really, really changed things for me um, and helped me. Uh, I would say specifically the the module on uh, autoresponders. Yeah. No, I completely and 100% credit that for the fact that I have now almost a 200 person art team. And yeah. it's because of the autoresponders and the things that I learned in there from Mark. Yeah, about- it's just really good basic information to help you get started. So, yes. Good so stuff there. Link, there'll be a link in the show notes if, if anybody's interested. Yeah. So, um, what about you? You've had a big week. I've had a big week. Um, <laughs> last <laughs> Sunday, um, our, so the 22nd, um, our daughter, who is pregnant, uh, got very, very sick, and they had to deliver the baby. And so he came a, a month early, but he's fine. Mom's fine. And um, But, yeah, we were in the hospital from Sunday to Thursday. So... No writing got done, but, you know, it was really a fun, exciting time, and he's precious, and, you know, we're all in love, and um, 
she's doing really well. So that was, yeah, it's been a, it's been a big week, but it was, you know, with everything else going on, it was stressful, you know. Yeah, you know, I imagine. You can help it don't have a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, not on everyone's yeah. list of things that they want to do. So, but I'm glad everything worked out okay. Yeah, we are too. And, you know, I mean, you know, we, it would, we're fortunate he was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we would rather him not have come a month early, but then mm-hmm. with everything going on, it really, it really turned out, it turned out well, because yeah. I'm afraid that pretty soon hospitals in Houston are going to say that moms can't have anybody in the room. Anybody. Them, yeah. Uh, like no business. And so she would have been having this baby by herself and I would have yeah. just really hated it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so but it all worked out. And everybody's home now and all good, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So so now you yep. can just yep. self-isolate at home and not go to the hospital. <laughs> nope. And love on that baby and it'll just be fun. But, um, and then speaking of self-isolating and all this craziness, we should mention that we recorded this interview with Martha of, oh, probably six weeks ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Craziness starts, and she talks about traveling and plans to travel mm-hmm. in the interview. So she's not being irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and so no, this we, was happening. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully so, things will get back to normal, and she will be able to do her trip. And right. Hopefully, we'll all exactly. get back to the way it was, or some semblance of that. So, right. but anyway, so I guess we should start the interview with Martha. Yeah, let's get on with it. So today we have with us Martha Carr, and uh, we're just so glad to have you here, Martha. Thank you. I am very glad to be here. Well, tell us about what you write, the genres. I was going to say that when I was introducing you, but there are so many, or it's very diverse. It's So I wanted you to do it. I didn't want to okay, mess up. Okay, sure. So I actually only write in urban fantasy. I used to write thrillers, but uh, the world did not agree with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I switched to urban fantasy and things took off. And I do have coming out my first epic fantasy, War Mage. Um, but for the most part, I just love urban fantasy. I like the idea that magic could be real all around this. And at any moment, you'll discover it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then tell us a little bit about, about your background, um, how you got into writing. So um, when I was 30, I was going through a divorce and I Mm -hmm. had an infant and uh, I had this thought that I tried things everyone else's way. I'm now going to try it my way. Mm -hmm. And I stopped being a stockbroker, which I was actually successful at, but I hated every day of it. Mm -hmm. And because I was a stockbroker, I had this insane thought that um, the local newspaper business section would love to have me as a writer, even though I'd never written anything. <laughs> and I called up, I don't know how I talked my way into the newsroom too. That's pretty amazing that I even got them to talk to me. And because I was a single mother suddenly with this infant, I was pushing Louie in his little stroller. <laughs> so I'm sure that looked super professional too. Mm-hmm. And the guy gave me this long list of books to read, which I now know he thought I'd go away and never come back. Mm-hmm. But I went and got all the books, read them all, took notes. And when I came back carrying them, I can still remember the shocked look on his face. (laughs) But because I had done all that work, the entire little business department adopted me and um, taught me how to write an article. My first article 
was how to get the job you've always wanted. And it was actually not well written, probably. It really mm -hmm. wasn't. Yeah. And I um, knew where it was supposed to show up and on what day, and I didn't see it, so I thought, well, they didn't run it. And I kept mm -hmm. turning. They did a full-color spread <laughs> in the – wow. because they were trying to encourage me. Yes. And I remember thinking, I wonder who's getting fired over this. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how I started. Then I grew up in the D.C. area and thought of the Washington Post as a local paper and didn't realize I should be intimidated by them. Mm -hmm. And they took my first pieces, and I ended up uh, writing for them as a stringer and worked my way up to having a national column on politics and started writing. And uh, I, I was published as a traditional author first, mm -hmm. <laughs> the one time everyone really did want a thriller from me, and <laughs> uh, eventually woke up to being an indie, which is just fantastic. It's not mm -hmm. like a dream job. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, is. it really is. Well, so it sounds like you have, um, sounds like you're very persistent and yes. very determined, right? Yes. So, um, so what would you say is, um, was your first big success? Um, uh, well, my first big success was probably writing for the Washington Post just because you go through three editors there, mm -hmm. not just one, mm -hmm. and they ask really, really good questions. <laughs> and uh, so I learned humility because I often had to say, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> and I learned how, how to pare down what I was saying and use one adjective instead of four. Mm -hmm. Although when I came to writing books, it took a while before I quit putting in fun facts. That that's, was my one <laughs> yes. <laughs> that did not help the plot, but yeah. I found utterly fascinating. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, and then uh, I had a thriller uh, wired that came out in 1993 uh, before cell phones. And it was a bestseller in mm -hmm. the old land and um, all the libraries picked it up. So that was my first success back in the day. Wow. That's great. So did you get an advance for that or? Um... I did. And um, much like Mark Dawson was saying um, in uh, 20 books, mm -hmm. um, monetarily, it didn't add up to like, yeah. Oh, my life has changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a nice year sort of, but, mm -hmm. and then also it didn't, uh, necessarily add up to like if you have a really nice big success in indie land mm -hmm. chances are a certain percentage of those people are going to try your next book right right and mm -hmm. uh that has not necessarily been the case in traditional land at all and i have mm -hmm. i had a lot of friends in traditional land some of whom are now indies with me mm -hmm. and that was pretty mm -hmm. consistent across the board one hit mm -hmm. did not necessarily mean much of anything wow that's yeah. crazy don't you think part of that is because of the timing that it takes so long for the books to come out between in the traditional world that and uh, and I didn't have control over uh, marketing and access right, as right. much. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. also we worked independently of each other, uh, so there wasn't the hive mind and the helping each other. I, if you didn't come from traditional land, I don't know that indies realize what an asset it is that we help each other or mm -hmm. that these podcasts exist. Mm -hmm. yeah. And mm -hmm. so uh, getting people to remember you even existed was tough. Yeah. 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 I came out of that too. I was traditionally published first and, and everybody used to talk about you. Everyone was so excited about how uh, cooperative Indies are and how willing they are to share. And I thought, well, as a traditional author, we 
probably would have done that more, but yes. we just didn't know mm-hmm. anything. Like we didn't know right. our sales figures and we didn't know what was working. So it well, and also how much to, input did you have? Even if yeah. you had said how much you could have paid for it yourself. And, and I, I spent far more money than I like to think about on mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just isn't the same. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Indie land is where to go. I know yeah. a lot of traditional say, but it's either I'm going to try and get the approval of a small group of important so-called people who I'm sure are lovely, or mm-hmm. I'm going to try and sell a lot of books. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. Right. Right. It's the get readers. People, yeah, exactly. To get people to buy, uh, read to your read book. read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well then what would you say? Uh, I mean, what would, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft? Well, besides don't put in fun facts. Fun facts. I was going to say, yes, <laughs> yeah. we've so, learned that. So um, if I can um, turn the page, mm-hmm. like a couple pages, and you lost nothing from the plot, mm-hmm. then it needs to go. Maybe yeah. there's like one or two sentences I should save from it, but right. the rest has to go. But right. the other thing that I've really learned is character development is key, mm-hmm. that people go from book to book more for wanting to find out what their friends are doing in the book than plot. Uh, plot matters. You, it's not yes. like you can discard anything, mm-hmm. but maybe you found this in romance too. But mm-hmm. um, if they really, really like the characters, then they talk about them like they're real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I accidentally did that in that in Wired, that first thriller that sold mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't realize that's what I did right. Mm-hmm. And that's Lois Lane, the deaf dog, wandering yes. off to bark at nothing. <laughs> Well, you probably hear Tug, the annoying dog, soon because he we, we, usually we makes like an dogs. appearance. Yeah, mm. we like dogs yeah. on this podcast. That's totally cool. Well, um, yeah, that's true in romance too. You know, I think that people, um, I think that some writers don't give that enough uh, weight. The the making the characters likable, lovable. Mm-hmm. And also um, having a conversation. The yeah. characters need to have conversations with each other that aren't shoot that guy. Uh, and right. that give a little more description about um, who, what they're like and yeah. have them do things that, you know, takes a break from the, from the pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lyric Chronicles came out in 2017 and they just hit bestseller again as a box set over and they're holding at a very, nice place two mm-hmm. years later it's yeah. the characters yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I agree and and then like in mine it's also the town like the little town that right. i set it in so if you do small town stuff or even if you do big city stuff if it's a right. corporation or a winery or whatever you wherever you set it your setting can become a character as much as you totally character. agree and it should mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah yeah. Um, I want to live there. I want to know these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I care about how they're doing. I like this place where they are. Yeah. It all adds up to um, where's the next book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, true. I write cozies and traditional mysteries and that's what people want to go back to visit. It's like they're going to visit a little town that they yes. miss mm-hmm. the people in. Yes. So, yeah. mm-hmm. They're where they would live if they only had the chance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's probably fulfillment. Yeah, and it's also probably why it's possible to sell a book a year and do extremely well. It's because the friends came for a visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would do differently is I would actually know characters matter most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, agree. switching up a little bit, what do you wish you had known about marketing? <laughs> <laughs> 
not to spend so much on it, (laughs) not to hand it to others to do for me and spend so much on it. And uh, to play to my strengths. I have a learning disability. It's called dyscalculus. I can't Mm -hmm. see numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to change. And rather than lament it, I I collaborate um, with LMBPN. And it's the best of both worlds for me because it just gives me anxiety to be told all the numbers too. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the cost per click and all of that, great. What does that mean? Is that good? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And instead I can focus on my strengths. Mm -hmm. And so my ability to engage on social media is really good. So I'll Mm -hmm. concentrate there. I can uh, write a good blurb. That's excellent. I know a good how to form a good cover. Mm -hmm. So um, with marketing, play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. You don't have to actually be everything if that's not going to happen. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, you'll have a much better time. You know, you should be having a good time at this. Yeah. If you're yeah. really unhappy, then let's look at that first. And, and you know, we're, you're laughing because we know people who are really unhappy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do. they don't question that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I don't think you're unhappy. I mean, having been a poor writer for a lot of years, I, I know that, that I was still happy. Mm-hmm. Um. So it is possible, although, you know, you need to go pay the bills. It's still possible, though, to feel good about what you're doing as a writer. Yes, yeah. I agree. And when you say LMBPN, will you tell listeners sure. what that is? Yeah. So Michael Anderley um, and I um, hooked up when he was just starting, and he formed a company called LMBPN, and it's a hybrid kind of of Indian traditional in some ways. And um, writers collaborate with him. And we share profits, and he has a really extensive back office mm-hmm. that does a lot of things that I don't have to do because they're doing it. Right. And uh, one of the things is marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I support it. I'll tell you, I know from watching an, a lot that writers who do not participate in their own social media with posting do not sell as well or read, they don't get as much reader participation as uh, those who do. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that, um, yeah, characters and then your readers, like, you know, they've got to be one right in the there. same. Yeah. It's one, exactly. If you think about it, it's one in the same. You're creating right. a world that they love. And so, and they see you as an extension of it and they mm-hmm. want to participate with you. And you do that, Jamie, so well, oh, you know, you. your comedy background helps. If you can do humor, I, I write humor well. Um, and I guess I'm funny one-on-one because I make Michael laugh, but um, but you do it on a group, it's amazing. And that sells better. You know, that will attract readers more than anything if you can get, make them laugh. Yeah. yeah. That is, I think that's why um, my Facebook ads work because, you know. Well, you're, you're I usually use, yeah, I usually use humor or I use an excerpt from the book, which is usually right. humorous. And so I think that yes. helps. It's harder for other Authors that write different things because sometimes well uh, you can you can use humor and horror you can use humor and sci-fi well, that's true yeah mm-hmm. yeah it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, and um, post-apocalyptic you know that can yeah it can be funny you just mm-hmm. lost an arm I mean there's an ad <laughs> running right now where the guy's ear drops off and he sighs and goes Alexa turn up the volume <laughs> so I love yeah. That. Some also, of the stuff if it's super serious you need that humor to kind of yeah. cut the yeah. to relieve the tension. To right. give you a break as a reader, you right. kind of need that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's just too much. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, even mm-hmm. that. Remember the movie Misery. Speaking of writing, yes, yes, and the humor in it mm-hmm. that broke it up. Otherwise, you just you, it would have been too much for your mm-hmm. heart rate to keep right. going. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, and just full disclosure, uh, my audiobooks are with LMBPN. So, um, so they're a publishing company of sorts. Uh, that's what they are. No, they and are now. Yeah. Yeah, they are now, but it's, it is a combination of indie and traditional. Right. So. Yeah. It's yeah. like a new model. A, a that's a new absolutely. Model. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love Imagine that. being able to take, there are things about the traditional world. I liked, it's not like it was all, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to discard it all because there's a lot of small tasks that go along with putting out a book that eat up your time. Mm-hmm. And um, if to have people who are dedicated to that and do it well, is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have to even know about it. I just know it's done. And so mm-hmm. then I can focus on writing. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly that's awesome. right. That is exactly right. Um, what assumptions did you make about at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? I, um, well, you know, I started out when there was just traditional and I assumed that it, I would have to wait for, the right people to finally say, we approve of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, when Wired sold, first of all, Wired got turned down by everybody. And then this little uh, small house took it and then it took off. Mm-hmm. And I went to a, um, a publishing event and all the publishers there said, why didn't you send it to us? And I, <laughs> I had. And I smiled and said, I'll send you the next one. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I learned that they're they have short term memory loss, mm-hmm. and they really don't remember you or care. You know, they just turn. Yeah. It's easier to turn it down than it is mm-hmm. to say yes. Yeah. So um, I just had this assumption that it would always be in somebody else's hands, oh. and I just had to keep pitching. Mm-hmm. And thank God I was, you know, the world changed, and mm-hmm. I I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, so we wanted to talk to you about um, like a work-life balance because that was something that you had mentioned. Right. So you've transitioned to writing full-time and you said you're coming up on your one-year anniversary. March 1st. Yeah. So how has that been and what have you learned from that? So I had a corporate job and I was very fortunate because it was with people I like. So it wasn't like I was running screaming from the building (laughs) and it was more like I had to peel my fingers off of it. Mm -hmm. And, but um, I wasn't going to be able to continue to do two full-time jobs forever. I mean, something mm-hmm. had to give and the writing's going super well. So it seems kind of stupid to give that up mm-hmm. and uh, transitioning to where I make the schedule and there should be some fun involved that's non-work related. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody, mm-hmm. it was really difficult when someone says, do you want to go to this really fun thing? And it's in the afternoon of this work day I mean, I've had to learn to say, you know, I think you can do that, Martha. Mm-hmm. And the world will not stop and this book will still get written. Mm-hmm. And so I've had more time giving myself a break. It's been the hard part mm-hmm. uh, than anything else. And also, um, I don't necessarily need to write faster than I was. So mm-hmm. just because there may be more time doesn't mean it needs to be filled with staring at a computer and typing. Right. Right. Yeah. If you can get your work done in two or three hours, then you've yeah. gotten your work done. Yeah. And also, I'm very fortunate to be working with Michael Anderley because he has consistently, uh, occasionally laughed and said, why are you doing that? Why don't you pay someone to do that? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's lucky to be with somebody whose attitude is this is all supposed to also be fun. And yeah. so the, la- the past year, what I learned is there's a certain 
place where I'm not willing to work harder in order to make more. Yeah. I'm happy with what I am making. It's, yes. it's well, far more than I ever thought I'd ever be making mm-hmm. the house that no one can see, but it's lovely and has the same green color as Jamie's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, is yeah, um, I was gonna, I was going to bring up your house because you bought, you bought your house with yeah, that money. Yeah. That's right. This yeah. is the house the troll built. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is lovely. It's a beautiful house. I've Thank you. It. Thank you very yeah. much. And uh, so that's what I learned is at some point um, I quit paying attention to the posts that some writers do of here's the massive amount of work I am doing and I will be putting out all these books mm-hmm. and just thought that's not really what I want. So I'm looking into renting a, a room in uh, Tuscany this for a couple weeks this summer and going to go right there. Just, oh my gosh. Uh, how wonderful. That sounds wonderful. Like a great idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. A.L. Knorr, who writes urban fantasy, she mm-hmm. used to do that before she got married to a very handsome Turkish man. Mm. And um, I just thought, oh, she's so much smarter than I am because, mm-hmm. you know, she's sitting, look, she would send me pictures of the view from the room. Mm-hmm. And I just thought she is smarter than I am. Yeah. And That's so fun. now yeah. I can, yeah, maybe but I'll meet can, a nice. Yeah, you can Turkish. do that too. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that, well, some of what you said kind of brings me to my next question, which is what do you wish you'd known about comparison before you started doing this? Or what have you learned about comparison? Well, um, fortunately success, I guess, fortunately success came to me at a later age mm-hmm. And I'd already learned a few things about comparison. So mm-hmm. at least I didn't quite go on the full ride. And I was doing fairly well. So at least I could also say, I'm winning. Yeah. But at some point, you know, why are you competing? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it can be harmful because instead of getting the rest I need, I'm sitting there typing because mm-hmm. if I get one more book out and um, if I can get it in under three weeks, then maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also, so I was doing fairly well. And then because I do, unlike traditional, because I do have a clear view of how others are doing because they're posting it. Suddenly mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm not doing as well because that guy over there just passed me. Right. Well, happy five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I'm letting that steal my joy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I can do things like contemplate a room in Tuscany for a couple of weeks. So what's the problem here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we have to figure out what makes us happy and be able to filter out like those things, those posts that make us think, oh, I should do more. Because I came to the realization a couple of years ago that there will always be more. Like my to do yeah. list is never going to be totally marked off. And some days I just have to say, okay, that's enough for today mm-hmm. and stop. And right. So I've, <laughs> so I've worked on setting reasonable goals for the day. So I do feel like got that done. Mm-hmm. And mine is 3000 words a day. It's mm-hmm. something I can do without a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but if there's a day where 2000 came out and it, if that's all there was, then mm-hmm. I walk away and I just have a much more of a, a feeling that things, things do tend to work themselves out. Mm-hmm. And I cho- do still try to cheer on those who feel they need to build a bigger and better, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't want to, do that anymore it was yeah yeah I tried publishing a few books on my own last year and it was a lot of work and a lot mm-hmm. of money and not mm-hmm. as much fun mm-hmm. yeah. well, so talk to us about um like collaboration and um so you've basically been you ran universes right for I still Michael. do yeah. yeah so talk to us about that and like what you've learned about 
running a universe and literary world building, things like that. How is, um, how's that gone? Um, if you have management skills, that will come in handy then. And that's, mm-hmm. there actually is a real art to management because you need to be able to communicate clearly without crushing somebody's feelings of that they can get this done. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be willing to occasionally say this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps, it, it helps if the person running the universe is a strong writer because you may need to jump in and fix the thing, and that's all there is to it. Right. And um, so time management also helps um, have to keep track of are the covers done for each person when they're supposed to ha- and you have to set up infrastructure. It's, it's a lot like having, you know, a corporate job in the sense of running universe. Mm-hmm. And then it helps if you can have a pretty good memory. We do have, um, we do have set up our own group of people who remember all the canon for or Saren because by now it's, <laughs> Very big. It's huge, right? It's huge. There's about <laughs> yes. 150 books, I think, or more at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the same time, if you ask me a general question, um, I'll know the answer. Mm-hmm. And on Terra Novice, the new universe, if you ask me a question, for the most part, I'm going to know the answer. So it, you just have to be, have a certain personality that can be very clear with people. You can't say maybe, probably should mm-hmm. to an answer. You, mm-hmm. That's not an answer. You just told them nothing yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, have to have a good um, time management of saying to somebody, when do you feel you'll turn this in and then understand human condition of putting, packing a little time around mm-hmm. it, etc. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't do it if you're not into, if you really aren't into all that management, don't venture into it because it's not right. going to go well. Right. And, and you created so with Michael, you created like a separate universe called Or Theron, and then yeah. you recruited what was it five authors to begin with? Well, Michael and I did. Um, Michael, he, y'all, y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all recruited those Correct. authors, and, and they wrote in that world in your Correct. world. Yeah, and we made an error at first because we didn't know any better. <laughs> so we created Earth and Or Theron, two two worlds that come together at certain times. And uh, the, the everybody to a person except Michael and I started their story on Earth and then ran to Orisaren and never came back. <laughs> and so it turned from urban fantasy to fantasy. And we learned that readers uh, who like sci-fi tend to read urban fantasy. Readers who read urban fantasy don't tend to read fantasy. Mm. And so that was the first big lesson we learned is that you have to get people to swear that they'll start on Earth, stay on Earth. Mm-hmm. And and um, asked to see as they're going along to make sure nobody took a left turn in Albuquerque and suddenly they left Earth and mm-hmm. aren't planning on going back. Yeah, yeah. Great stories, but not they didn't fit. Fantasy. Yeah, not yeah. even fantasy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so. Those are really great um, lessons, and and um, I think our listeners will get, if they're thinking of co-writing or something, there's got to be somebody that's running the ship. I mean, right. If, not, if you don't have that, it's, it, you're going to get chaos. yourself in, yeah, it's, it's chaos. just a lot of chaos and trouble. Right. Yeah, so that's great. So what do you look back and think that wasn't a good use of my time? The, so I saw that question and the thing that jumped out at me was the oodles of time I spent worrying about whether or not this would all work. I mm. wish I had enjoyed the ride more because it really, 
was a great ride. I mean, I'm 60, so there's still some ride left, but there's a long ride behind me of 30 years of writing. And like I wrote a book on U.S. orphanages and spent two years living on them. And it was amazing and life-changing for me. And um, I wish I had just enjoyed it more and said, you know, things will work out the way they're supposed to. Even Mm -hmm. if I hadn't met Michael in the financial, I was still doing okay. I found a corporate job. It was okay. Mm -hmm. I just wish I had said, this is really great and not said, um, well, I hope it gets to this level of success so I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a fine line between striving and being content. You know, we Mm -hmm. kind of have to find our, our uh, point where, where we're comfortable. So, yeah, I struggle with that a lot too. Sarah knows that, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, you well, just you don't can, want to, you don't want it to steal your joy. I right. Mean, That's so, exactly yeah, what I was yeah. going to say. You, I let it steal my joy at times. I also, um, I think I couldn't claim the success I had because I only define, I often only defined it as financial. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I didn't enjoy what was going on around me because in my mind I was doing the math yeah. poorly, but I was doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm right there with you on yeah. poor math. I'm yeah, not either. Yeah. So, so have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Um, no, I, 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 the only mistake that everybody else would say I made is that I never stopped writing. Mm. I mean, uh, everyone in my family thought it was a bad idea, except I had um, this really wonderful cousin, a few times removed, who um, he had won a Pulitzer back in the '60s. And he was considered the family patriarch and everybody was a little afraid of him. And he took one of his books and wrote in the front to a successful author before I'd written a word and handed it to me because he knew the rest of the family would see that and back the hell off. Mm -hmm. I even heard my father saying to his sister, he wrote this in the front of the book. I don't know what this means. (laughs) And it gave me like an inch of breathing room. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't, you know, I, I made, um, I'm sure I made a lot of mistakes along the way, like, you know, my fun facts filled up pages. <laughs> um, and, and then the first covers for, um, for the thriller series I did, the, the name of the first book was The List, because in my head, that sounded spooky. The yeah. List. <laughs> and then later, after learning a bit more, I thought, The List of What? Yeah, <laughs> and the cover was this really artistic blue thing, so that wasn't going to help you either. Yeah. And um, but that didn't help. <laughs> that, yeah. that didn't lead anywhere except to Michael and all the jokes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So really, if you're if you have to write, if you just feel like I have a story to tell, I have mm-hmm. to write. That was me. Mm-hmm. Then just keep writing. Mm-hmm. You are going to make mistakes. You will write some things that you think, oh, okay, well, tomorrow's another day. Mm-hmm. And it'll still get better. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, you sort of answered that a little bit, but have, has there been something you thought, this is it, this is going to be the thing that gets it, for, makes it happen for me, and then it turns out to not be that thing? Uh, lots of times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> writing the Washington Post, you would have yeah. thought that would have led to, you know, fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. Then I learned out we're all just regular Joes. A <laughs> national column on politics that 4 million people a month read, uh, yeah. you would have thought that would have led, but it was in the middle of the Great Recession, so maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having a bestseller right out of the gate, you would have thought, yeah. I mean, you know, I thought, hey, this is I'm set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you people complaining about? This is easy. <laughs> um, so, 
And um, yeah, so it, and again, it def- depends on how you define success. I'm, I clearly, I can still fall into the trap of, well, if it makes X, then it's successful. Mm-hmm. But the book on orphanage, orphanages, for example, which by the way, are all around us and more kids go on to college from us orphanages than from the general population. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so because of that book, it inspired some people, different people to start their own places because there's about uh, 600,000 kids and growing who need a place. Mm-hmm. So that's successful. Mm-hmm. The places I um, stayed at um, had never had a journal. Most won't let journalists on it. It was a long process before they let me there go there. And to a person, they said, I got it right, which I was kind of afraid of. Mm-hmm. So that's successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, again, going back to that, I wish I could have defined success in a much broader sense. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, good to sorry. know. That's good. That's a good answer. And something I, I need to hear because I tend to paint it one way. And so, yeah. 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 You know, it might help to write down a personal definition that you can keep where you mm-hmm. can see it of this is what success means to me. Right. Yeah. So on the days when you're thinking I sold what? Mm-hmm. You can yeah. look back at it and say, okay, but there's this, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and you're Jamie, you're already super successful. Well, thank you. But, but it is, it's that, you know, there's always somebody doing better than you. There's well, always, always well yeah. And, and so if you can't stop looking at them and enjoy right. what you have, you will be miserable in this business because yeah. th- there's just always somebody doing better than you. Well, also though, I've had the great fortune to know a lot of those people and I know the amount of work they put into that success and I'm not willing to, to, to exactly. <laughs> and I also know, and that was very nice of Mark Dawson to share as well. When he gave that speech, I know what, how much money they're spending every month to get mm-hmm. to that level of success. Right. And so they, you know, just because someone's making say, um, 20,000 a month, they may not be taking home a lot of that. A lot of that may go right back out the door. Well, is that what you want? That's a lot of hard work. They're doing it for the long term Mm -hmm. picture that they hopefully will get to X and it'll even Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you want, great, but that's not what I want. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's great that you, you know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I found it out over the last year. You know, yeah. I found I tend to learn more from doing something I don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then crossing it off the list and saying, and that's, that's a, I think a really healthy thing to be able to do is to say, finding out what I didn't like is actually success. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. I can now with, with a lot more ease of mind, go rent a, ho- a room in Tuscany and mm-hmm. type yeah, away. And not worry it. about what you're missing out or not doing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I just think if, I think if our listeners take nothing away from today, but that, you know, that whole thing of defining your success and, and keep sticking with that. I mean, you know, it's easy to get distracted and stuff, but keeping that as your home base. Well, I think that this, this podcast will be successful if, if just one person walks away with that because it's so important. Well, if you also can keep the definition, but when you run into things and realize I don't like doing that at all, change your definition to fit yeah. that in and mm-hmm. see that as successful that, mm-hmm. Like I said, I learned far, far more from, I bought a, by the way, I bought a bench once out on impulse when I was supposed to be buying a couch. (laughs) It's a really nice leather seat. (laughs) And for two weeks, I kept buying pillows, stuffing it on there. And I made everyone who walked into my apartment sit on it, including delivery people. (laughs) And I would say, it's comfortable, right? (laughs) 
and it and it took me two weeks before I realized I had bought a bench and not a couch. Yeah, and I had to go and buy a couch. <laughs> and I learned don't do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I, maybe maybe it's humans or maybe it's me, but. Um, I learned last year, I don't like doing everything at all. Yeah. And I'd rather share the profits and not do everything and just go right. And Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm having a much better time. That's great. Yeah. See, I'm struggling with that right now because I've gone all in indie. And so I'm possibly thinking about doing translations, but I've had some inquiries from companies who are interested in the translation. So now I'm going, oh, do I do it myself? Do I give up a little of the money and let them do it? So it's uh try it you'll find out i mean try you know yeah. try the way that's speaking to you the most yeah give it your all discover if you like it or not change course if you don't yeah i changed course yeah that's the important thing to be able to say okay i tried this and it didn't work and i right. didn't like it and you can redefine what your success is that's right to you. yeah terra novice is a new universe in lmbpn that was the universe i created last year on my own mm-hmm. and in november said oh no this was not good no <laughs> Now it's all been reintroduced under the LMBPN umbrella, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's okay. great. Well, so that's what great. changes have you seen um, over the course of time in your genre that you've been writing in? Well, um, I was very fortunate to start before the rest of the world discovered urban fantasy, mm-hmm. and it was lovely. <laughs> and by the rest of the world, I mean authors, not readers. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it was lovely. I mean, you launched a book. And, uh, you know, suddenly it's like listed at 150 in the Amazon store. Woohoo. And it's stuck there for a while. And mostly what's happened is um, people, other authors have discovered urban fantasy and it's now a very crowded field, but it's still, it's still very doable and you just have to be smarter. You can't expect Mm -hmm. that your cover can be so, so, uh, or your blurb. You have to. You just have to be more professional about it, and you'll be fine. And maybe watching the trends helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, is everybody doing a vampire book? Maybe <laughs> time to not do a vampire. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Have a vampire sidekick, but not the vampire itself. Well, you know, you can make the other argument too that um, if you can, if you really want to do a vampire book. Mm-hmm. Gather your friends and see if you can do uh, marketing together so you can create the trends. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, don't necessarily, everything's got a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, are you willing to go look for it? So even in that, you know, we're doing a dragon uh, giveaway, a bunch of us authors, because we all noticed we're doing dragon books suddenly. Like we all woke mm-hmm. up one day and said a dragon would be great. Mm-hmm. And instead of like looking over our shoulder at each other, we're, we're joining forces and we're going to be doing a nice big giveaway together and we'll create the trend. So yeah. where exactly do you find a dragon to give away? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. good. <laughs> and, um, and also one little note, if you're doing a giveaway um, and if you're in the U.S., you know, you always have that thing where you can't do it yes. for anything but the U.S., look for an author who's in the U.K. See mm-hmm. if they'd be willing to help you out on terms of, in terms of shipping. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's really never, smart. Yeah, yeah think, that is smart. Think outside yeah. the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's Everything's what I was going to say. That's thinking outside the box because yeah. all of us were also worried about what trend is hot right now. If you could mm-hmm. create your own trend, then you'd yeah. be on the leading edge of that. And that'd be awesome. That's right. Yeah. And, and then everybody will follow you and you'll be on, you'll be back into vampires and you'll have the place to yourself. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you'll lead them away from the vampires that's and you right. run back. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And Got you'll it, have a yeah. vampire with a dragon for yes, a moment. There you go. <laughs> Probably somebody's going to hear this and think that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm writing that tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. So, so what's the, what would you say the one thing you've done or the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? Uh, That is a simple question. So for some uh, reason, I decided that the next time the door opened, I would just say yes, that my Mm -hmm. my ideas in terms of financial had Mm -hmm. failed. Everything else, I'd actually been very successful, won awards, compliments, readers. But in terms of financial, why would I keep trying it my way? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the definition of insanity, try it your way over and over, Mm -hmm. expecting different results. So I get this email that this guy is talking in Austin Mm -hmm. and he's only been writing fiction for, I think, five months. And he's Mm -hmm. already making 30,000 a month in fiction, which Mm -hmm. is supposed to be in those days, completely impossible. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to find out one, if he's legit and two, maybe I'll pick up a marketing idea or something. Mm -hmm. And there were 90 authors in the room and halfway through, I realized he had spotted what was so obvious. He was writing to a specific group that he happened to also be one of, which is whale readers, people Mm -hmm. who like to read a book a day or more. Mm -hmm. And he's one of them. So he just kind of accidentally um, did what they want, the style of writing they like, mm-hmm. the tropes they like. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, um, and that's Michael Anderley, and mm-hmm. at the end, he said, I'll stay for as long as anyone has questions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, I had this teenage writer with me, and I thought I'll never be able to stay. I turned around and looked, and there were two old guys, and that was it. And everybody streaming past me was saying, uh, he's a liar. What a joke. Can't be mm-hmm. true. And, they, mm-hmm. and these are all authors. Yeah. And every last one of them left. And um, so I went up there and I got his phone number. Back in those days, he would give it to you. (laughs) And out of the three of us who asked him questions, I was the only one who stayed in touch. And from that moment on, when Michael said, do you want to try X? I'd just say yes. Mm -hmm. And when my brain was saying, tell him, tell him what you know about publishing. Tell him what you know about writing. The other voice was saying, no. Yeah. And instead, I would just try it his way because what did I have to lose? And, exactly. Um, you know, it's worked out fabulously so right. far. And when you say back in the day or whatever, that was just 2016. That was, uh, yes. That was the yeah. beginning of 2017. The very beginning of 2017, I think. Was it? Okay. Because yeah. I, I think was... he started writing in November of 2016, right? 15. 15. Oh, it was 2016. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. I only know that because he and I went to the Smart Artist Summit together in 2000. Right. Uh, and Sarah in 2016. 2016. So that's right. That's all. That's the only reason and I know that. And he had imp- been publishing for three or four months. Oh, then that. Is, then you're right. Or Sarah was born in 2017. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I took Craig out to Craig Martell. I took him out to dinner at that first Smarter Artist. Mm-hmm. This is, and uh, we went and got uh, Mexican food. The grown man ordered his own food and ate it. And then I see a post later on, on Facebook that says, Martha Carr tried to kill me. <laughs> and I found out that he went back and laid down after eating the whole combo. Enchilado. Platter. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of platter and had uh, acid reflux, stood up really fast. And his, you know, he's told everybody he has asthma. There's Lois. He stopped breathing 
and hit the floor and woke up later with his face in the carpet. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. Wow. And his response was to post on Facebook, Martha Carr tried to kill me. Yes. <laughs> and then now, and the rest now, is history. Yeah. yeah. So no one yeah, feed Craig together Martell. And it's all great. Well, yes, but, <laughs> but no one should feed Craig Martell. That's right. That's He's right. on his own. He's on his own. And don't <laughs> eat the whole platter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so and then funny. lie down. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That is so funny. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Us so much good information. Yeah. So it was um, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also to too, about. if you're an older writer, I mean, if you're defining, if financial is part of it, mm-hmm. I was uh, what, 58 mm-hmm. when it started to come my way. Mm-hmm. And okay. so imagine if I'd given up at 57, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, if you love writing, then find a way to keep doing it. Yeah. And, just try and enjoy where you are instead of looking at where you want to be. Right. Right. That's all exactly right. advice. Yeah. All great advice. Yeah. yeah. So um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, so uh, all the books are on amazon.com uh, and in Kindle unlimited. And you can find out more than you wanted to know at Martha Carr.com <laughs> C A R R. And the two universes are Orisarin and Terra novice. And, um, I answer everyone. If you write to me, I actually do write you back. So, and you can find their Tara novice and or Saren and I also all have Facebook groups where you can go chat away and we do giveaways. Awesome. All sorts That's of great. Yeah. How awesome. awesome. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you for being here. We thank really appreciate asking. it. Yeah. yeah. We it's really appreciate it. Yeah. So everyone can find, um, show notes and links at wish I'd known for writers.com and, and we, one thing about the website address, I'd doesn't have an apostrophe. You can't use the apostrophe. So it's wish I'd, it's wish ID known then. Yeah. There we go. So, and so. I will post links as well uh, to the great. show. So yeah, make Perfect. sure everybody can find it. Yeah. That's right. awesome. Great. great. Thank you. Thanks for joining Thank you. us. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.